It's the most magical time of the year, Shocktober. And we kick it off with Paul Bettany's Flophouse follow-up to Legion, Priest. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington, and... I'm Tom Silvestro. Yes, uh, Elliot is taking the week off due to uh, his... Judaism? Due to Judaism. Due to his Jewish holidays. Uh, The Jews have a lot of holidays. I've noticed this. Thoughts? Um, Is this a bit? Are you you riffing or something? They have quite a few, yeah, yeah. I mean, they get off work for a lot of uh, holy days. You, what? You complaining or something? Holidays. Yeah. What? Holidays. Oh, like challah bread? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, okay. So, uh, that's a delicious bread. Um, but instead of Elliot, we have another gentleman with black-rimmed uh, uh, glasses sitting in, Mr. Tom Silvestro. Hello. It's good to be here. So you're going to be our nerd for the night? I'll be the, yeah. You'll the, be the nerd. The nerd stand-in. That's cool. <laughs> uh, Tom, I know from uh, doing uh, comedy videos here in New York, uh, he is one-third of Escape Pod Films, a comedy uh, internet short collective. Sure. You should all check out. I like the sound of that. <laughs> I mean, you can expand upon that while I try and uh, drink some beer to keep myself from coughing. Uh, yeah, with Escape Pod Films, it's... Uh, uh, the, me, two other guys. We met in college. <laughs> Classic. Their names are unimportant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, the, Jeremy Westfall, Chris Prine, and uh, we reconnected down here in New York City and started making sketches, web series, and we met Dan actually through Channel One Hundred One. So that was when you made that little uh, internet thing, that little mm-hmm. cartoon thing, right? Nine AM meeting. Yeah, the yeah, internet yeah. sensation, Stewart. Yeah, yeah. What uh. When am I going to see that on TV? Uh, actually, it's actually going to appear on television on uh, September the 30th. Okay, save the plugs for later, guys. Just I mean, be well, nice. I'm just being nice here, fella. Actually, uh, you know, this is going to drop after it's been on television. And okay, so... It's only going to be local New York TV, so... This is the mm. Flophouse. We watch a movie, <laughs> and then we talk about it. Yeah, uh, for the uh, second week in a row, I feel like it, I just need to apologize up top. Yeah, we're still using the internal mic- microphone on my uh, uh, MacBook. Um, I, I can only assume that someone opened a radio station downstairs because I covered my uh, mic cables with ferrite chokes that I was assured would uh, cut down on the uh, radio interference, and, and it, it did so, but not to the degree that uh, I was comfortable. Using the microphones. Yeah, we're we're really all about quality control here. Uh, I mean, we run a pretty tight ship, right, Tom? Oh, I can tell. Yeah, just by the yeah this lavish uh, studio. It's pretty. <laughs> it's very impressive. Yep, there's uh, noise canceling tiles that we've stapled to the walls mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. my apartment. Yep, only the finest uh, beers are consumed by <laughs> only the quietest yeah, yeah. beers, <laughs> the least carbonated beers. <laughs> <laughs> we actually leave our beers out for several weeks so we don't get that popping on the microphone. Yep. 
and sometimes the air conditioner is quiet enough that I can actually hear the dialogue in the movie. Uh, this was not one of those times, but mm. most of the time. So, to get to the movie we actually watched, it was called... Priest. Priest. Wait, this is the start of, uh, what, Shocktober? Because it's oh, about yeah. vampires or some stupid shit? Yeah, this is our first uh, Shocktober entry. Oh. Despite us watching a horror movie last month in Shocktember. And so. I think that one was significantly more of a horror movie than the thing we just watched. Yeah, look, if I was a better um, producer for this podcast... Yeah. I, you know, I probably would have lined it up, yeah, yeah, would have it up a little better. <laughs> Don't you have a game plan? Like no, I do A, a five-season uh, <laughs> storyline? Well, it'll all be revealed. All right. I think you'll be pretty happy with the denouement <laughs> of the Flophouse. <laughs> pretty, thanks for the qualifier, guy. Pretty happy. <laughs> so, Spoiler alert. So, Priest. Something about Limbo. Wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that's nice because I already have set ideas of, you know, an afterlife, mm -hmm. and I'm, I don't want you to challenge my, my beliefs. Your system. preconceptions. Yeah. So just kind of make it vague. Okay. It will end in some sort of church. There'll be a yeah, light. Some sort of yeah. glowing. Some sort yeah. of, but nothing too specific. Yeah. Right? Non-denominational church. Mm -hmm. Okay. With a white light. So yeah. we, speaking of religious stuff, the movie was called Priest. Why mm -hmm. was that, Dan? Um, well, it was not because it was that movie from some years back about, uh, like, child abuse or some shit. I don't know. It was because it was about priests fighting vampires, which is, like, okay. I feel like mm -hmm. that's their number two job. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's in the Bible. What's, wait, what's sure. the first one? Exorcisms. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> priests is pretty much, it's, they deal with the supernatural. Monster hunters. Like, right? monsters Definitely. They're, they're, they're like a, they're like a legion of Van Helsing's. And okay. I use the word legion advisedly because <laughs> yeah. this is this might as well have been a follow-up to the movie Legion because it starred Mr. Paul Bettany and it was directed by the same guy who directed Legion uh, named TK because I can't remember <laughs> what it was. Yeah, uh, added in post. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I you brought up Van Helsing because you know how much I love that movie. Classic. And uh, they had about the same amount of special effects. A lot of uh, CGI things jumping around, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Less swinging around on ropes. It was not... I mean, oh. so they're, they're like vampires, but they look like mole, mole men, mole people. Yeah, they look more like monsters. Trolls, like, orcs. Orcs, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Troglodytes. But they, yeah, they mm -hmm. didn't have eyeballs, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, they were, yeah, they're kind of like, uh, the movie it's, The Descent. Okay. Sort of just yes. Just like a white blob. But instead of, like, having actual people with stuff on, they were just mm -hmm. little Super Marios jumping around. Or I Am Legend, kind of all the, all the oh, jumping, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is actually not a trend I'm a fan of, by the way. The vampire that looks more like, just like a fucking, like, goo blob. Just yeah. a, a regular bugaboo, if you will. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like. The, I prefer the traditional vampire, like the just the pale gentleman with well, the fangs. Christopher I'm Lee kind of slick yeah, back like hair. A nice, yeah, nice Eastern European suit. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe, maybe sparkles. Cavy. Maybe not. Capes. That seems newer. I don't. <laughs> Widow's Peak. I thought that was Hammer Horror. They they were all sparkly and <laughs> sure they go in the sun and they sparkle like diamonds. <laughs> um, in the absence of Elliot, I feel like someone. I, I'll be, I want to summarize this one. All I right. got this. Okay, I got this one, guys. All right. You guys, when I fuck up, just please throw out what I messed up. So the movie begins. Uh, Paul Bettany and a bunch of other dudes with crosses tattooed on their foreheads. They're in a giant mountain. Oh, no. 
it's a trap. A bunch of vampires attack him. Paul Bettany and his buddy, uh, what's the guy? The guy who played Aomer. Carl Urban. Ca- Carl Urban from he, Doom. He Bones. also played the new, yeah, the new uh, Doctor McCoy on the on the, the Star Trek reboot. Okay. So they were trying to escape, and oh no, the vampires got Carl Urban, and then boom, smash cut. We got the title priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then an awesome cartoon. Then there's yeah. an awesome cartoon explaining the history of a world where vampires and humans are constantly at war with each other. They show uh, crusaders with swords and. Uh, knights and stuff fighting vampires. Vampires usually winning. Then they show like World War One dudes, and then I think some other stuff. And then they explain how uh, humanity was always losing until uh, they trained a bunch of dudes to be ultimate vampire killers. The priests. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm good so far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then we cut to that Jack off from True Blood and his family. They live out in the, uh, like, there are farmers or something way out away from the city. Yeah, it might as well be the Old West, but vampires yeah. are involved. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of vampires attack, um, and then that's the end of that for, for a while. Then we go, uh, we cut to the city where Paul Bettany is just a regular dude. Uh, he's kind of wondering what he's doing because he used to be a priest, but now he has to just blend in with society. Yeah, the order of the priests has been somewhat disbanded now that uh, the vampire problem has been dealt with. Okay. So, like, he's like a soldier trying to reintegrate into the world. I mean, he's a living weapon that now has to be just a regular dude. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't get to do what he's it's been trying It's hard. For. I mean, you know how hard it is, Stuart, when your fists are lethal weapons and you're, you're not quali- you can't use them anymore. Yeah, I mean, I want to do what I'm trained for. My natural, my body has become this kind of killing machine, and I don't want it to lie fallow. Mm-hmm. Your body's a wonderland. <laughs> it's a wonderland <laughs> machine. Capable of punching. So, <laughs> the uh, then Paul Bettany finds out that his brother, uh, who was that dude from True Blood, uh, that his whole family was killed. Now, which dude? There, there are a couple there, there dudes. Are multiple yeah, dudes from True Blood. Okay, the dude who's a vampire Stephen on True Moyer. Blood. But in this, he's not a vampire. He gets killed by vampires. Okay. Spoiler alert. Twist. Twist, yeah. So, well, it's taking convention and putting it on its ear. Mm -hmm. So then Paul Bettany goes up to the guys in the church, played by Christopher Plummer and some other old guys that all look like Draculas. And he goes, hey, can I go save my family? I'm sure there are vampires attacking them. And then Christopher Plummer's like, no way. You can't do it. There aren't vampires. That's bullshit. You can't leave. If you go, you're in trouble. Yeah, he's denying the existence of vampires, despite the fact that he's the head of an order that was invented to fight vampires. It really doesn't yeah. seem to make sense why he would be so dead set against letting like, Oh, him no, go. there's no more vampires. We took 100%. We got all of them. Yeah, and, and he doesn't let the people leave that, that city. Yeah, you're not supposed to leave, although he leaves fairly easily. Like, he gets on his <laughs> fucking crotch rocket and flies out of there, and the doors are open. Like, it's yeah, not like he has to bust yeah, yeah. his way out. Yeah. There's no big wall or anything. No Game of Thrones, you know. Well, there's a big wall, but the gate's wide open. Like, the gate's huge. Um, what? And so we're watching this, and we all look at each other, and we're like, oh, okay, so the, the head of the church, he's probably in on it. We're going to find out at the end that he's all part of this big conspiracy. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys know ahead of time. Leap ahead. There's no conspiracy, uh, uh, no conspiracy at all. That really never gets solved. Yeah, Doesn't make just, any sense. He was just he's he just was a dick. They're just an ostrich, <laughs> yeah. burying his head in the sand while yeah. vampires threatened him. Mm. So uh, Paul Bettany goes out into the wilderness. He meet, meets up with Cam Gajandit. 
or Cam Gijande. Uh, we're not really House sure Fave from such films as The Unborn. Uh, what was and that? The Roommate. The Roommate. And also, for those of you who have seen the movie Burlesque, he's in that too. Yeah. Cam Gijandit, uh most exciting for his weird name. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. a complete block of wood on screen. If only his acting ability lived up to his odd name. Yeah. Odd, interesting name. He's like a less interesting Johnny Lee Miller type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine someone named Cam Gajandit. And then imagine someone named Thad Smith. And then Thad? Thad. Why do you go with Thad? That's kind of interesting. He's I mean, kind of, he's got that kind of like dickhead uh frat like okay. quality. Like I'm just like a little over kind of like a bro. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, like Thad is 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 really the guy that you that Cam Gajandit is. Okay. He doesn't have the raw sexuality that you would <laughs> associate with, with a, a guy named Cam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Paul Bettany meets up with his dude. They ride around for a while. They're looking for vampires. Turns out that uh, his brother's daughter, with really big eyebrows, has been captured by these vampires. He's trying to hunt her down. His we, brother's daughter, you think, you assume, turns yeah. out. You should have known that because of her giant eyebrows that she is, in fact, uh, Paul Bettany's daughter. Is Paul thought, Bettany known for his large eyebrows? <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, his his mother had really large eyebrows. Well, Jennifer Connelly back in the day, she had very large eyebrows. Yeah, but she's not, like, they're not genetically, I mean, they're not, like, related. I mean, I thought they were brother and sister. That got no, married. they got married. <laughs> they weren't. And, I mean, she's not married to the priest in the movie, right? Right. I mean, we're not supposed to assume that. Yeah, that would be, like, extra textual information <laughs> that you would have to, like, associate Paul Bettany and, and Jennifer Connelly. Although it's an interesting interpretation. I'm, I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. So they ride around. They go to some weird towns. They fight some vampires, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, the vampires are riding around in this giant train... The lead, the vampires are, I guess, being led by a vampirized Carl Urban from the beginning of the movie. Surprise, surprise, not killed. Now he combines both the powers of a priest and the powers of a vampire dude. Um, I guess that allows him to fight and do karate shit Mm -hmm. and his cowboy hat never falls off. He wanted to lure his buddy Paul Bettany into the world of vampirism by uh, kidnapping his daughter. Which seems like a mistake. Like, I would think that he would try and lure him by not doing a dick thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, 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 just showing up at his house, maybe with some wine, be like, hey, like, your vamp- vampires aren't so bad. Yeah, why don't you, I mean, it's cool. It's kind of a convoluted plan. The whole train thing, too. Is that the best mode of transportation <laughs> for vampires? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, any way of get, I, any way of getting there where you're out of the sun, I guess, but... Yeah, I mean, the, all you have to do is drive a motorcycle strapped full of dynamite right at it, and uh, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, and of course that happens in this movie. So, uh, there's a big showdown on a train. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really not much to it. Uh, basically, the movie ends with Paul Bettany blow, the train exploding, Carl Urban exploding with it, you assume. Paul Bettany saves his daughter. Uh, Cam Gajandit shows up. He's happy. Uh, then Paul Bettany goes back to uh, Christopher Plummer. He throws a vampire head at him, and then he walks away. He's and that's, like, guess what? There's vampires, bitch. Yeah. Like, See uh, you in the sequel. I believe he, the last line of dialogue is, no, it's just the beginning. And then we're supposed to assume, as he rides off on his uh, solar-powered crotch rocket, 
that we're going to be seeing more Priest movies in the future. Mm-hmm. So when's uh, when's Priest 2 coming out, Dan? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, when, whenever the Taiwanese funding comes through on this. <laughs> Why Taiwanese? <laughs> I don't believe this was. Is it tied in with like a toy maker or? Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I, my implication is that this was not a success. I'd like to see a priest versus legion. I think that that could angels versus legion. Legion. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or least. <laughs> least. <laughs> uh, this is one of those movies where there's a lot of um, uh, ignorance of the rules of physics or how things work in like the world. I mean, you, for instance, you talk about the end of the movie where. The train is blowing up, like, uh, somehow the bad vampire blows up, but the people who leap off the train that is rocketing totally fine. at, like, you know, 150 miles an hour, they're okay. Uh, there's a scene in which... Um, well, I think at that point, uh, Carl Urban has realized his plan is in tatters. Mm-hmm. He might as well just explode. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you going to do? You know. Mondays, am I right, guys? Mondays. <laughs> Sometimes. I think Garfield did that. <laughs> One panel was like, it just exploded. Yeah. The post office is Lasagna stopped. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> post office stopped sending Nermal to Abu Dhabi. That was the final Garfield. <laughs> he tried to kick Odie off the counter, and Odie actually dodged, and he's like, fuck this. I'm gonna <laughs> Nermal, I think, drove him to it. <laughs> yep. Pushed him over the brink. Yeah. Fucking bitch. But <laughs> whoa, come on! Everyone loves He's really cute. Yeah, right, it's adorable. Sorry. No, but there's a. I mean, there's a scene earlier on where uh, Maggie Q. I don't know whether we mentioned that she's in this movie, but Maggie Q. Yeah, there's uh, there's other priests who are sent to hunt down she's uh, the hot Bentley. lady priest, mm-hmm. and she, but she priestess. Of like joins up. Mm-hmm. They don't even address whether or not she's called a priestess or a priest. Mm-hmm. That was my big question watching the movie. She's got. We can all agree though she has a priestess boner for Paul Bettany. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's pretty awesome. But, he uh, speaks in only cryptic, tough guy phrases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got the Christian Bale kind of Batman voice. Yeah, yeah, he's got the phony, phony baloney voice. <laughs> but there's a scene where she throws a couple rocks in the air, <laughs> and Paul Bettany leaps in the air, and Stepping Stone like like jumps off of those rocks in midair to boost his jumping power, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which, as we all know, yep. is something that happens in, yep. in, in life. Sounds yeah. perfect. Like Sounds if, perfectly accurate. If something's flying through there, you can leap onto that other thing that's flying there and, like, and just like push off of it. Well, he's yeah. just he's trained his body to such a point that, I mean, he can he can jump off of anything, Dan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they cover Buildings, that. The, they kind of cover that in the initial cartoon where they're talking about the history of humans and vampires fighting. Yeah, the laws of gravity don't apply to, to priests, you know, in this world. Well, that was something else that, uh, Stuart, you uh, brought up when we were watching the cartoon introduction to Priest, like, which really was like... The best part of the movie. <laughs> it was the best part of the movie, but it also like, felt like, uh, like an educational of... film. Like, <laughs> here's the history of priests in cartoon form. <laughs> but they're like, nothing could stop these vampires except the ultimate weapon, which turned out to be... Humans who were trained to fight vampires. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, my favorite thing. Is they're like they found the ultimate weapon themselves. That's the only weakness of vampires. Yeah, their only weakness <laughs> is that they're not as good as human beings. <laughs> they can't learn to fight themselves like humans can. Yeah, it's really, really weird. Yeah, they don't really state why priests are so good at fighting vampires. I mean, well, at one point he. 
uh, Paul Bettany's explained to Cam Gajande mm-hmm. that uh, the trick to shooting a vampire is planning out their trajectory when they jump. So I think the secret to being a priest is uh, physics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Just a, like a really like a solid grounding in math. Yeah, yeah. I mean, math skills. Some geometry. Maybe. A little bit Lines, of geometry, yeah. sure. All right. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a start from there. You just need to know how to throw Chinese stars at shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, need to, you need to know how to carve a cross in the point of a bullet. Yep. So then when you shoot that bullet, vampires explode, I guess. Yep, this I is one so. of those action movies where like, you have... You have a guy with a whole bunch of magical tricks and weapons and shit, and he uses each, like, fighting thing one time, so you never really actually, like, you just have to assume, oh, I guess he can do that, you know? Like, right. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess he has a Bible filled with, like, silver throwing stars or some shit. He'll use it once, and then you'll never ever see it again. I also, like, I mean... Like, I would think if it worked so well that first time, he'd use it all the fucking time. He'd have a bunch of them, yeah. Yeah, I'd have, like, a million Bibles filled with little (laughs) shurikens. I'm not arguing for, like, a more, like, hyper-religious, like, vampire film, but it also, like, irritates me whenever there's one of these vampire movies where, like, just the presence of a cross on anything will uh, kill vampires, so let's... Fucking notch some crosses into some bullets and then shoot vampires with them. Like, I don't think that's the way it works. I think that the idea is like the vampire is some sort of like, like demonic force, and so we actually have to have an item that has legitimate power rather than like, okay, we're gonna paint a cross on something and now a vampire explodes if it touches like, just like two things crossing each other is enough. Yeah, we're gonna cross these hoagie sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And that, that will be enough to <laughs> destroy vampires. Uh, that that sounds pretty awesome. As long as somebody gets killed with a, a submarine sandwich. <laughs> Your favorite thing, Stuart. Yep. We've invisible, invisible Maniac. Go see it. <laughs> in theaters now. <laughs> it's not in theaters now. Um, I also, well, I mean, clearly all the, all the crosses and all the religious bullshit was thrown in there I don't know to maybe remind people that vamp like that vampire. I don't know. It just seems like a common remind people to go to church to avoid yeah. vampires. I don't know. It's it, this movie is obviously a combination of a whole bunch of different bullshit things they that somebody's seen in other movies. Like, oh, I like a dude in a black cassock doing karate. Mm-hmm. Like, I. I like seeing vampires jumping around and attacking. Well, people. no, we talked about like there's like literal lines in it that are total steals from other. Like there's a scene that where like uh, Paul Bettany is like looking at vampire prints on the ground, like in the dust, and it's literally like the Alec Guinness scene from Star Wars, where he's like, he's, like you know, like sand, pe- sand people walk single fire file to hide their numbers. Vampire like, monsters always walk single file. Yeah, and uh, you were that's saying... That's my that, best Alec Guinness, by the way. Cowboy Alec Guinness. <laughs> oh. And you were talking about, like, one thing... Like, There's a couple from, scenes where they uh, they just t- they take uh, lines from Unforgiven and then kind of mix them around, add some vampire shit, and then you're supposed to assume that Paul Bettany is just as awesome as Clint Eastwood was. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get it, Dan. The other thing is, I don't know why Paul Bettany is constantly in these movies where he has no sense of humor, Dan. This movie, sure. I don't think anyone smiled at all the entire movie except for maybe when Cam Gajandit shot a vampire in the head. Yeah. And then he mm-hmm. said some kind of a sassy line. There was no other smiles. And, 
What's the point? Why? Well, there's one. There's one point early in the movie. It's like the fucking Miami Vice movie. <laughs> there's one the movie where buddies who never make jokes. There was one point early in the movie where a mother like kept her small uh, male child away from Paul Bettany, saying like, like. We don't, you don't talk, never talk to priests. It's like, okay, well, I'm not, I mean, like, I think that the movie knows that it's making a child molestation joke, but I'm not sure whether it knows what it's making it's a, a bit child. hazy, yeah. Yeah, like, what's the, I don't know what the author's intent is, but it's kind of funny, like, like, don't talk to priests, but, uh, yeah, there's no humor in it, and I know where you're going, like, Paul, uh, like, Paul Bettany is best in movies like, uh, Master and Commander, uh, where he has a bit of a, uh, like a humorous tinge. A Knight's Tale, mm-hmm. Wimbledon, Wimbledon, or whatever. Yeah, he's 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 got a lot. He's a charming. Touch. He's a charming fellow. Yeah, I don't want to see him grim, like fucking shooting up supernatural creatures. But he seems to be doing a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. It was just so joyless. And you think you know? It's almost like a road movie. For a lot of the movie, they're going from different to different locations. About a third of this movie yeah. is him riding around on a fucking motorcycle, tooling on a, around on a, on a green bike screen. Sure, it seems to be it'd be right for you know comedic material. They could stop off at a you know a gas like, station. Look at, and... look at those rocks! It looks like a penis. Yeah, yeah. Look <laughs> at those rocks! They look like boobs. <laughs> Wait, that's I don't know. That's hilarious, that. dude. I don't yeah. know if that's rocks that look comedy. like boobs. I don't know. <laughs> that's like forty minutes of material right there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but guys. It, it's all about the delivery. If he mm-hmm. says it right. Yeah. Right. Think about he it. He could say it in a brooding way. Those rocks look like boobs. Okay, that yeah. is funny. And yeah. then they'll give each other a high five, get mm-hmm. on their fucking crotch rockets, and fly yeah, off. Go to a Roy Rogers <laughs> off the highway. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You brought up Roy Rogers a couple times tonight, Tom. <laughs> you getting the kickback? Uh, yeah, I might be getting a little money from uh, Mr. <laughs> <Sure>. Rogers. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> he owns Roy Rogers, right, Mr. Rogers? Yeah. I believe. Uh, Empire. So, um, what Der else? Wampier. Am I right? And he does. Oh. In, yeah. in this, I guess, mythos, you have a whole bunch of these mole man vampires. But then you have a bunch of humans that are kind of like taking care of them or kind of want to be vampires. But I don't really get it because, I mean, the vampires are gross looking. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, I don't know, like true blood vampires where they're You're pretty not people. Sexy vampires. Yeah, they're, like, yeah. You don't, I don't understand the allure. Days. They're like 30 days of night, you know, vicious vampires or mm-hmm. daybreakers. Yeah, I mean, vampires. like goo worm vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't they don't make any effort to explain why humans would find that alluring. Like they could have even tried to say, oh, like you know, it's more natural or it's you're more free than this crazy like I mean, church dominated society. You live they didn't in. even get into like the idea With of Judge Dredd riding around or whatever or anything like that. It's like these are vampires. Yeah, everyone idiot. wants to be worms, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to drink chicken blood or whatever they're doing. <laughs> Just hanging out in the desert. Yeah, but who were the? Yeah, there were those. Don't tread on me, man. You brought up uh, Stuart, those ugly kind of the, the bald guys, right? Yeah, and the Vin Diesel guys. The, they yeah. were the, the keepers, I guess, of vampires. Yeah, they're the familiars. Okay. okay, all right. You know, so I'm um, like, I'm guessing like all vampire movies, they probably are just humans that drink vampire blood and then like want to be vampires or something. I don't fucking they're know. Like, they're like Renfields. They're like a yeah. shitload of Renfields. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. A boatload of Renfields. <laughs> yep. Just hanging out in the <laughs> desert. Boatload of Renfields. <laughs> Eating spiders and, and, and drinking blood. Just having a party. Yeah. So you could see that if you saw the movie Priest, which I don't re- recommend. 
Spoiler alert. All right. I feel like there's not a lot actually to get in, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call this to a close. Any, any anything you liked about the movie, Dan? No, I, well, we'll get into that with final judgments. Okay, let's. Uh, that's that. fine. Sure. Because uh, I got some letters to get to. I uh, our Shocktober final judgments. Hold on. Oh man, do you remember these? Hold on, I got to bring in a special guest. <laughs> Cribcaver. Was this movie totally scarifying? Was it totally snorifying? Or was it frighteningly funny? <laughs> what about spookily good bad? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the one you made up. Okay. Looking good, Crypt Keeper. Thank you. So, uh... I like the I like the Hawaiian print shirt, Crimp Keeper. <laughs> yeah, Crimp <laughs> Keeper, Shrimp Keeper. <laughs> I've been to a luau. Where Don't you mean gula? A gula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you fucked up, Crimp Keeper. What's going on? You must be wasted or something. I didn't write any puns before <laughs> I came here. I thought you worked with Bruce Valanche. Some puns. Uh, so I'll start it off. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it moved along quickly, but yeah, I mean, there isn't anything memorable. I'm sure I'll forget it, forget the majority of this movie on the walk home that I haven't already forgotten. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not really, the, the sets are pretty good. Um, and they do seem to make an effort to like build some kind of a world, how boring as it is. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll say it's, uh, what, snorifying? I think it's snorifying. Yeah, I'm going to agree that it's totally snorifying. I, uh, the best thing about it is that, as you said, like, there's the, the, the look isn't terrible. I mean, it's a look that's stitched together from a lot of other better movies, but it's not reliant on a bunch of, like, CGI shit and um Are you talking about how there was the like the fight on the train and it made you think of uh Beyond Thunderdome and how that was a better post apocalyptic train fight movie? Uh not specifically, but there was some there were some good sets in the movie. Oh okay. Some, That's what I thought of nice yeah. Yeah, Beyond thanks, Thunderdome. <laughs> thanks for backing me. Um yeah, I mean, like, a couple fights were okay, but in general, it just kind of bored me. And there was no reason to care about any of the characters. They did not put any work into developing any of of the, the main people into someone that you might have sympathy with. They have tattoos on their face, Dan. That's, okay. Yeah, they have uh, stark. pretty cool, you know, cross-face tattoos. Okay. Tom? Uh, I, I agree with you guys. It was snorifying. It was just so joyless and plotting uh it's i don't you know i think if you expanded the premise a bit if you knew more about the vampires or how they you know what exactly was going on between them and the humans be more interesting and if you made it more fun too uh it's just uh but it's yeah it's pretty pretty boring um there's a lot better vampire movies that you could go to instead of that yeah all right like uh Twilight Eclipse, right? Am I right? This guy doesn't know what I would go to. Okay, so three for three. What a turd. It's not a category, but all right. So we're going to move on to letters from listeners. Letters. Letters. We got letters. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
I mean, like it's Paul not exactly Schaefer, what, yeah. it's not what exactly what Elliot would have done oh. if he was here. But yeah, I mean, I'm just trying. I mean, uh, you gotta sing something. Sure. It's fucking letters. Uh, right off the bat, I want to say thank you to Patrick K for his donation to the show. Thanks, Patrick. Um, thank you, Patrick. Throwing some money over here to try and uh, block the hip hop radio signals from our uh, broadcast did not work. So you should resort to vigilanteism. <laughs> yeah, get you some pitchforks. You should come to Clinton Hill, find out if there's a radio station, and uh, you know, just uh, I'm, like, I'm a, not like saying, a pirate radio station. Yeah, don't like don't, pump up the volume. Don't hurt anyone, but wait till people are out of the station and burn the place down. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's what I would say. But uh, we're still working on the problem. But thank you, uh, Patrick, for your donation. But uh, let's move on to the first real letter of the evening. This is from John, last name withheld. Okay. And he says, Dear Floppers, I found out about your podcast at the AV Club and it has since become my very favorite podcast. Whoa! I've even stopped listening to other movie podcasts that actually focus on the movie The Review, turned off in part by their lack of discussions about Duckburg, (laughs) strategies on exploiting monkey paws, and the unsolvable (laughs) problems of the penis in a box of popcorn trick. But mostly by the absence it's, of the, the butter would burn your penis is the problem. <laughs> sure. It's mostly by the absence of the honeyed howl of the Flophouse house cat. Oh man. I wish he showed up sometime. Mm-hmm. I'd love to meet that. He's a fucking lazy yeah, asshole. Yeah. I have only one complaint. Of all the movies you guys have recommended, there is one that you have made me want to watch more than all others. <laughs> the fabled, mysterious, awe inspiring the Great Bikini Off-Road Adventure, <laughs> which is impossible to find in Brazil, but I now intensely covet. I failed to find any copies of the film in my local used video stores, and have since discovered that it was never released in Brazil, and that the closest we have is a VHS release and a translation into Spanish-speaking Latin uh, American markets as La Aventura del Bikini. <laughs> I'm therefore requesting that you employ your high-powered, well-connected positions in the entertainment industry to pressure some movie distribution company, perhaps the Criterion Collection, into the international Blu-ray release of The Great Bikini Off-Road Adventure, preferably including a director's commentary, interviews with the cast, and perhaps a mini-documentary, Love, John, Last Name Withheld. Well, uh, I agree that it is a... Great failing of the human race that you do not have access to the Great Bikini Off-Road Adventure in Brazil. I gotta say, I, uh, I mean, it's not just Brazil. I, uh, I've seen a great number of bikini films. Ah. In my life. Didn't know, you didn't know this, Tom, I didn't, but I didn't know you Dan were a is a super perv. I really was yeah. a connoisseur of, uh, of the genre. Uh, but you, Stuart, and, uh, the absent Elliot have seen the Great Bikini Off-Road Adventure. I have not seen it, and it is not available on DVD okay, then currently get in the it on US. VHS or reel to reel get the I, radio play <laughs> yeah. I mean this may surprise you Stuart but I no longer have a VHS player that is hooked up to anything mm, I thought you liked movies yeah awkward mm-hmm. uh, well The Great Bikini Off-Road Adventure is really awesome there is a mystical Indian and there's all kinds of bikinis and topless chicks so I totally recommend it again <laughs> I don't think that was what the point of the second. I'm intrigued. Was. Yeah, I just want to bring it up again. Um, but yeah, we I guess we should uh, we should make an effort to uh, you know unearth a VHS copy. Maybe do a screening. One of those screenings you always do. Here's something. Maybe someone uh, if there's someone out there who has access both to a 
VHS copy of The Great Bikini Offered Adventure and the capabilities to transfer that to DVD, they should get in touch with the Flophouse. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Both for the purposes of uh, getting us a copy and getting this gentleman a copy. And um, for the purposes of copyright law, I never said what I just said. Yeah, this is a yeah. contest, right? This, this is... This is this is a this, this is a com- bit that I'm performing. Oh yeah, a classic bit. This is the contest that never was, <laughs> but it one. really is. You should seriously send us that. The classic, the classic, classic Abbott and Costello. <laughs> Abbott and Costello, great bikini off-road adventure bit. Yep, uh, that you should totally do. But seriously, so uh, thank you, John. Um, those were kind words. So this is from Craig, last name withheld, and he says. Hello and rec- welcome to the recommendation portion of the letters. I don't know. I think I think that we should be in charge of the segments. No, so, I think I think okay. this guy's in charge. Okay. Well, he would like to recommend the trip to Dan, not the nineteen 19- what not the nineteen sixty seven movie written by Jack Nicholson about the dangers slash groovy times one can ex- expect from LSD, but instead the Steve Coogan Rob Brydon film. Sure. As the leads wander around northern England eating and more or less being themselves, they are, much like Dan, continually drawn to the voice of Michael Caine. I imagine as they argue over who has the better impression, Dan could join in the discussion or possibly pick up a thing or two. Dan, do, Dan does a good Michael Caine. I've heard it, yeah, from Jaws. Jaws the Revenge. Have you, mm-hmm. you practiced before? From, specifically from Jaws the Revenge? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I think that uh, that's a good recommendation. I love Michael Winter bottom, bottom movies. Both of them do a significantly better Michael Caine than I do. Okay, I do the yeah. baseline Michael Caine that uh, that I think Steve Coogan makes fun of at the beginning of the clip that kind of made the rounds yeah. on the internet. It's a gr- I've seen the TV series. It's really funny. I haven't seen the movie, but yeah, it's yeah. I think you definitely get a kick out of it. So. um... Okay, well, thanks, that, Craig. That attempt to pimp me into doing the Michael Caine voice failed. Failed. <laughs> but I Clock appreciate... Clockhouse failure. <laughs> failed. Editing room floor, please. <laughs> so, this is, uh... This Q-fart sound effect. <laughs> this next email <laughs> is titled Flophouse Benjamin Button Style. Oh, no. I hate this movie. Yeah, it's And this bad. gentleman says, I was fortunate enough to stumble upon your podcast this summer. We... Met Hute with the reference to the Batman supervillain, The Contest Ruiner, and your back catalog has provided a great soundtrack to a boring internship. Listening to the shows in reverse offers a different level of enjoyment. As a trip through time reveals the mysterious origins of running gags, you slowly become less committed to your respective romantic relationships, and Elliot (laughs) offers increasing surprise at Stuart's recommendation of Castle Creek. (laughs) (laughs) Given your experience on commentary tracks, a flophouse equivalent to the Criterion Collection surely must be in the works. What would each of you rescue from the grips of time to restore in beautiful Blu-ray? I, for one, can't wait to see the great bikini (laughs) off-road adventure, as the director intended. Keep up the great work. Hank, last name withheld. So, uh, this is a groundswell. A support for the idea <laughs> of the great... Is that the only kind of questions you guys get? Just <laughs> for that yeah. one movie? <laughs> I mean, yep, Tom, this is your first time on the show. Uh, this is actually a podcast that is really a forum for talking about the Great Bikini Off-Road Adventure. It's dedicated to getting the Great Bikini Off-Road Adventure the release it deserves. Mm-hmm. 
on all forms of media. <laughs> Whether As you mentioned, be, the radio show, I agree with that. Yep. DVD um, streaming. Yeah. Um, we got a video game based on uh, some kind characters. of a handheld 3D version of it. Sure. Puppet show. Maybe you can watch on your on your telephone as God intended. Uh, it raises a good question though. Is there anything that uh, you would like to see released on uh, DVD that does not uh, I mean, currently exist? On I mean, it, uh, clearly, I've already mentioned Invisible Maniac and Castle Freak, which you can kind of find Castle Freak, but I want like a badass edition, mm-hmm. a ding dong ripping edition, if you will. And uh, I don't know, you know, Great Bikini Off Road Adventure's cool. Head of the Family's pretty amazing. You can you can uh, acquire Head of the Family uh, on DVD. Yeah, but I want like a really good one. Okay, like a Blu-ray. A really good head. Yeah, well, I want to see Jacqueline LaBelle butt naked mm-hmm. in sparkling, crystal clear clarity. All right, Tom, do you have any... Uh... Um, I would love to see a movie called Skate Town USA finally released. It's not available on DVD or Blu-ray. Um, it's a fantastic uh, roller rink movie from the 70s. Sure. with Mr. Patrick Swayze. Mr. Patrick Swayze, he's the villain. Awesome. He's, he's this uh, part of this um, badass uh, roller skating gang. And it's got Scott Baio. Horshack is uh, Patrick Swayze's number two, his kind of henchman. And it's got Ruth Buzzy. It's got uh, Flip Wilson. It's a fantastic all movie. All the stars. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's, the, the sky was dark. Or all the stars <laughs> were in Skate Town, USA. <laughs> I, got, I saw it at the, the BAM a couple months ago on it's the big the screen. Brooklyn Academy of Music here in yeah. Brooklyn. And it was fantastic. Packed crowd. So much fun. Really great. All right. I don't have one. I was just pissing I, you guys. I, I saw Tango and Cash at Bam. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Not, a, a, not a packed house, but it was still amazing. It was a <laughs> sweet, sweet, bad movie. Um, so this next letter says, Hey, Floppers, for us new listeners, you might consider pointing out what you think are your best podcasts. I would humbly suggest Prom Night as your riffs on incompetent police officers and the different ways of recognizing the serial killer without his beard were hilarious. Also, there was some talk about doing a movie in theaters. Perhaps you should wait for Battleship, as the trailer alone is worth its own podcast, a movie based off a storyless board game. Alexander Skarsgård, who is somehow both the youngest man to work his way from being enlisted to an officer, but is yet still going to be kicked out of the service... Liam Neeson as the gruff captain who doesn't think Skarsgård is worthy worthy of his daughter, and a transforming alien ship. Sincerely, Brian, last name withheld. Well, this sounds really awesome. I have no idea what you're talking about. I've not seen the trailer. The the trailer's trailer's pretty incredible. (laughs) I mean, it's a a game about sinking battles. No, I've played that shit. I know it. Now the beauty of the like the game, I, the movie based on the game. Apparently, they felt like it's they like made, Clue, right? Uh, yes, there are three in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one of them has Howard Hessman. <laughs> I like that, pretty awesome. Nice. Now, uh, they felt like they needed to make it uh, about aliens, so they can make the bombs that attach to the battleships look like the pegs. In Battleship, like that's the only reason I could see. Oh, I didn't even really? pick up on that. I saw the trailer. I just. Um, yeah, there's like these like pegs that like magnetize or whatever like shoot into these battleships, and they look like the pegs in the in the board game. Do they have any in the trailer? Is there any any moment where an actor shouts, 
no, you've sunk my battleship, or something like that. I was waiting for that. I hope there is. The, I mean, in the, mo- in, yeah. in the movie, right? I mean, if, if there isn't, I imagine that some screenwriter has to get fired for that, right? Yeah. I mean, there's prob- it's a team, a, a team effort, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably Lowell Gantz and Babalu Mandel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can make up words too, Dan. Thanks. <laughs> Were they also actors and priests? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yep. Okay. Well, uh, best episodes. Uh, you oh, best, best episodes. episodes. Right, right. You right, were right, saying right. before the show. I was you... just listening to the old dogs episode. I was getting some chortles. Mm-hmm. I was getting some laughs. It's a good one. Significantly more laughs than I got from actually watching the movie Old Dogs. Uh, Tom, you're a listener. Um, I love you particularly. Yeah, well, all the episodes that Stuart does not appear on, I think, are you just fucking asshole. They're a classic. Oh, so oh, funny. Man. Lights and Ugh. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. man. Tom made a point Wait, of Stuart complimenting <laughs> Stuart on the Barely. night day episode Barely. where Whites and Ack sat in for Stuart. That was the first one he dropped. Yeah. <laughs> what a <laughs> dick move. No, it's okay. Uh, I have no memory of what we do here on the podcast. Well, you you like, uh, I, I Know Who Killed Me. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. I uh, agreed. Last Airbender. It was great. Oh, man. I don't even remember that one. I mean, they're all hilarious is the thing. It's hard to pick. It's like uh, trying like to pick your favorite child. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like trying to pick which diamond is the prettiest. Mm-hmm. They're all amazingly beautiful diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> that, happen, that happens a lot. Yeah. And they're all <laughs> surrounded by diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> they're all worth millions of dollars. They're all, imagine it. I'm painting mm-hmm. a picture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this last email for the evening. Uh, is regarding our last uh, episode. Okay. My soul to take. Sure. This is from the director of the movie. It's from... It's <laughs> from... I'm pissed off at you guys. <laughs> it's from Eric Zuckerman. Okay. Oh, awesome. Excellent. He said, Just listen to the Flaphouse and thanks for all the shout-outs. Although I was a little surprised that you didn't mention that I had actually guessed it on the program once. But maybe both Sorority Row and I were that forgettable. Oh, he was on. I missed that episode. Yeah, he was no. the steward for that episode. It was uh, it was all on Elliot and me, and I, you know, I vaguely thought like, okay, we had Eric on, but as I said, like these things go out of my head the moment they're on uh, on tape, and I apologize. Uh, I remember that being a great episode, one that Thanks. I in fact I would recommend. Thanks, dude. All right, I will. Yeah, no, any episode that, that Stuart's not on, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah, it's a no, good rule cool. of thumb. Um, Radical. No, but Eric Zuckerman is a, is a, is is the light, and uh, he goes on to say, "I really have no quibble with any of your problems with the movie. They change it so much in various drafts and with reshoots that it's just not a coherent film. But I'm glad to have been part of the show. With a recent string of duds I was in, I figure it was only a matter of time before you guys picked one of them. Like Eric, I you know I feel bad. I like I feel like you know you seem a little depressed." I think mean, we need to fly out to L.A. and cheer Eric up a little bit. And somehow we'll get trapped into some kind of, like, what, like a, a movie? Or mm-hmm. we'll get trapped into some kind of game of espionage? Some kind of Game of Thrones? Sure. Some, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll be on the trip and somebody will think, confuse me for a spy. Uh-huh. But I'm not actually a spy. I'm just a kid. Yeah. And then I get wrapped up in this game of intrigue, right? And Linda Hunt's there. And mm-hmm. there's, like, some kind of a whip. 
It's going to be really awesome. Right. But the point is, by the end, Eric will be the biggest star in Hollywood. He'll be the biggest star in Hollywood, and I'm going to save the free world. Uh, but Eric goes on to say, also, in case you haven't got the answer yet, Hots was the initials of the main girls in the sorority. Yes. I know the H was honey, and the T probably should have been tits, but it wasn't. <laughs> Just looked it up. Honey O'Hara. Honey O'Hara. O'Hara. Yep, I Terry Lynn. And Sam. In the movie, though, the rumor is that it stands for Hold On to Sex. But when confronted by the Dean, the girls say it stands for Help Out the Seals and introduce their seal mascot. Hilarity. I have it on VHS if you'd like to borrow it. <laughs> Thank uh, you for the offer, sure. Eric. Uh, Dan will want to borrow that. I mean, I would prefer if you had a copy of The Great Bikini Off-Road Adventure. Sure. Because I've seen uh, uh, a couple times, yeah. yeah. I mean, it has a fantastic topless football scene at the end. Yep, the sexiest possible thing. <laughs> <laughs> the topless football game. I, I've seen the trailer of Hots, and it's, it's oh very entertaining. Oh my god, it yeah. is... Does not, not live up to the entire film. No, no, no. <laughs> the, the entire film is worth... It's worth, worth your time, yeah. Easily. Yeah, there are bad uh, 70s and 80s uh, sex comedies, and they're great mm-hmm. 70s and 80s sex comedies. And Hots is one of the latter. I'm glad that that long setup led to you saying Hots was great and not bad. No, it is. Uh, there's a scene with the aforementioned seal and a hot air balloon. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why not? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I recommend Hots. Sure. No, I, I think we gathered Which that. takes us yeah. into our recommendation I think you've recommended Hots before, by the way. No, but we're going to go into our recommendation segment. Thank movies that, other than Priest that... Uh, we would recommend, and because I haven't seen any movies res- recently, I'm going to recommend Hots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only Elliot was here to make fun of you for that. When it's just me, no, I'm the only not. one who can make fun of you for recommending the same movie multiple times. No, are How they? Dare you? Are the Hots late? Are they cheerleaders? Because I'm, I, li- I like the cheerleader. No, they're, 70s members, movies, they're just but... members of a sorority. They're okay. kind of like the slobs of the girls, though. Yeah, right? snobs versus well, slobs. Yeah, yeah, of course. Here's the thing. This is a member of this is these are sorority girls who are unapologetic about their fondness for sex. Mm-hmm. And I'll say something, but like this is like this is the closest that a like TNA comedy of that era came to feminism. Because the thing is, like this is not this is not a movie about this is not a movie about a bunch of fucking slobs who like sneak in and like spy on naked ladies. A these viable are, activity. These are women who genuinely. Uh, like sex themselves and are enthusiastic about mm-hmm. it and are the hero- heroines of their own film. And, uh, I mean, as far as this genre goes, I think that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, they're independent gals. They're independent you know? gals. It's like a like sorority to be filled with topless. Betsy Rosses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Standing, up for, standing up for womankind. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, Tom, do you have a movie to recommend? This is the point where we recommend a movie we actually like. So you wouldn't okay. say Priest, for instance. All right, I wouldn't say, okay. Uh, I was going to say it. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, uh, well, for for vampire movies, I would, I mean, I'm sure uh, everyone's seen it, but Let the Right One In is great, and that's fairly recent. Foreign film, so check that out if you haven't. Uh, but I just saw, just saw Drive, which was fantastic. Really enjoyed that. Really gritty uh, kind of noir, kind of a throwback to seventies car chase movies. So check that out as well. So two solid recommendations. I'm going to recommend 
Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that the first time I saw it, I actually didn't like it, but I watched it again recently. It's uh, it's Minority Report, the Steven Spielberg movie with Tom Cruise in it, uh, and Max von Sydow, of course. And uh, how can you forget Max von Sydow? I mean, it's it's kind of a longer movie. I remember watching it. Uh, as a younger man, mm-hmm. calling, being bored by the scene where calling, Tom Cruise is running after his own eyeballs. Yep, calling <laughs> call, <laughs> calling it derisively my snority report. Oh man! Uh, on more than one occasion, might I add. <laughs> and uh, but watching it again, it kind of reminds me that si- like before and mainly after that movie's been released, there haven't been that many good. Like sci-fi movies that seem comfortable being sci-fi movies, like yeah. that will throw in kind of weird sci-fi elements, like the cars that go sideways or his eyeballs coming out, um, and and actually enjoy it. Most of the time, when there's big sci-fi two and a half hour sci-fi movies, there are giant robots beating the shit out of other giant robots. But so, are you making fun of real steel? I am not, I'm not, not yet. <laughs> I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see if we get to watch it together. So my Minority Report, I liked it uh, the second time. So, you know, you know, second time. Mm-hmm. I felt it, it should have ended much sooner than it did. There's a, there's a part of the movie where, you know, spoiler alert, Tom Cruise is locked up in some cryogenic thing and movie, the camera kind of, you know, pans back and you think it's going to end, but then it keeps going and. Yeah, he kind of Spielberg's the ending a bit, but it's still it's very enjoyable. Are you not making fun of my? Just like <laughs> so, guys. So this has been a productive evening. We watched we've Greece. Learned, we've learned a lot about vampires and hots. Mm-hmm. And what <laughs> what the letters and hots stands yeah. for? <laughs> what the letters and priest stands for? We learned that another listener likes us talking about Ducktales, so I'm gonna brush up on my Ducktales stuff. <laughs> Uh, and we renew our call for anyone who can send us a copy of the Great Bikini Off-Road Adventure. Uh, contact Still me, a bit. Contact me privately. Uh, get in touch. We can arrange something. <laughs> Have a private lesson. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, a tomboy, if you will. Okay. It's another one. Yeah, it's more... <laughs> period. Yeah. Um, but anyway, for now, your podcast buddies... Have to say goodbye, and thanks again to Tom for sitting in. Yeah. Hey, it was Thank great. You, thanks for having me. Um, Sorry again about Priest. <laughs> it was Dan's call. I wanted to watch uh, Hall Pass. Probably, I would have preferred <laughs> Nuns on the Run. That's what I <laughs> it's a little old for us, but sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'd watch that. I'm waiting for the reboot. Let's watch. Yeah, let's watch uh, Nuns on the Run. Dan. All right, well, let's do that now. Uh, okay. For the Flop House, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm still Stuart Wellington. And I am Tom Silvestro. Good night, everyone. You guys don't do spoiler warnings at the top. No, you just assume. I mean, has has that ever angered anyone? They can even dick. (laughs) (laughs) A great big dick. (laughs) 